The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Matthew. Glory to you, Lord Christ. Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place this way. That when Mary, his mother, was betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child by the Holy Spirit. So Joseph, being a just man and not wanting to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he was considering these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, fear not to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. She shall bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what had been spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. And when Joseph woke from sleep, he did as the angel commanded him. He took his wife, but knew her not until she had given birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. The gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. Let us pray. Father, we believe that all holy scriptures are written for our learning, and so we pray by your Holy Spirit now that we would so hear, read, mark, learn, and inwardly digest this, your holy word, that we would be changed more and more to be like Jesus for the sake of the world. For we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. I invite you to be seated. How is Joseph able to say yes to this? I mean, how is Joseph able to say yes to this costly call? There's so much cost attached to this call. The cost of his reputation. I mean, clearly, verse 18 says that she's found, Mary's found to be with child, which clearly means Mary's telling the story. I swear it was the Holy Spirit. Joseph's about to lose his reputation. Being a righteous man, according to the law, it would mean he's actually supposed to put her away. And yet Joseph does it quietly. And yet, because of this angel's vision, he says yes. You know, it's funny, a few years ago, a number of years ago, when we were up in Canada in one of our smaller parishes, we had a snowstorm, a blizzard, the day of the pageant. And as a result, half the congregation didn't show up for the pageant and half the cast didn't show up for the pageant. And so that particular pageant year, we had the weirdest pageant ever because Joseph didn't show up. So there was no Joseph in our pageant. It was just Mary doing it all on her own. And yet the truth is it really wasn't that strange because that's how you'd expect this story to end. You'd expect Joseph to say, forget it, there's no way. You'd expect Joseph to say, Mary, you're on your own with this. And yet, miraculously, Joseph says yes. He says yes to this incredible, costly calling. How? Well, friends, I'd argue that the same ability Joseph has to say yes to this incredibly costly call is the same reason why you and I have the ability to say yes to the incredibly costly calls that God places on our lives. We, like Joseph, have incredibly costly calls placed upon our lives, 
And we can say yes when we realize, like Joseph, that the call of God is good news. We can say yes to the call of God when we recognize that his call is always good news. It's good news when God calls us because in God's call, we will find our purpose, the purpose we were created for. In God's call, we'll also find his presence, that in the midst of living out this costly call, we will find that he's with us, never leaving, never forsaking us. But it's not just that we find in this Joseph story, like in our own stories, that the call of God, in the call of God, we find purpose and presence, but in the call of God, we find a promise. And the the promise is this, that the call itself is a promise. He, God, is going to do it in your life. He's going to fulfill it. It's a promise. See, first we find, like Joseph, that the call of God, in the call of God, we find our purpose. Verse 21, you shall call his name Jesus. If you're there with me in Mark, Matthew chapter 1, beginning of verse 18, it's our text this morning. Verse 21, the angel says, you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. So this is the call that Joseph is being grabbed up into, that God is about to break into the world and fix the world. He will save his people from their sins. God is gonna come into this world and fix this world at the very core root of what needs to be fixed. Not just fixing systems and broken structures out there, but fixing what is wrong in me and in you. Coming into our very hearts and dealing with the sin and the brokenness that we all carry. God is coming in the person of Jesus Christ, the Savior, the Messiah, to forgive sins, to finally fix this world. I won't be quoting it this Christmas so I can use... Uh, the, the Robert Southwell poem that I've used many Christmases before to describe the power of this coming one, the one that the angel is announcing. This little babe, but few hours old, has come to rifle Satan's fold. All hell doth at his presence quake, though he himself for cold do shake. This is the incredible picture of the incarnation. This is the incredible picture of what's being announced to Joseph. Joseph's calling is to participate in this one coming into the world. And so is our calling. Your calling and my calling, like Joseph's, is to participate in Jesus coming into the world, into every human heart. Yes, the Holy Family, Mary and Joseph, have a very unique role in salvation history to literally raise up Jesus, to guard and protect him. And yet you and I were told at the beginning of Acts chapter one, we shall be his witnesses. We shall bear his name to the ends of the earth. Our call, like Joseph's call, is to participate in nothing less than the salvation and the fixing and the redemption of a broken world. When you look at the world and say, wow, look what the world's coming to, stop yourself and say, no, look who's coming to the world. This is what you and I, this is who you and I are called to bear into the world, to bear his name 
before the nations. That is your purpose and mine. It will be lived out in your life and my life in different ways. In our homes, in our communities, in our schools, in our workplaces, each of us has a call of God. And the core of this call is to bear this Jesus into the world to do nothing less than save the world. There is no greater purpose than this. The purpose that we're longing for. And yet, though Joseph's call is the same as ours, we also must face the fact that the cost of that call is the same. It's going to be worked out differently. Joseph's going to face, right, loss of reputation. He's going to have to relinquish tons of control in his life. But an ever-secularizing world, is that anything less than what we're going to face? As we bear the name of Jesus in this world, loss of reputation, that we're going to have to relinquish control the things that we think we want to be spending our time doing, right? This cost is real. And we need to face this cost in contrast to this amazing call of purpose. Because friends, I know we often talk about the cost of discipleship. We talk about the cost of following Jesus, right? It's an important, we recognize that. Jesus says, Matthew 16, whoever would come after me, whoever would follow me must deny self and take up their cross daily and follow me. Right? We recognize that. There's no small print for Jesus. He, he clearly lays it out for us. This is what it's going to cost you. And we often focus on that cost of following Jesus. But do we focus enough on the cost of not following Jesus? Do we think enough about what it means for us to say no to this call and the great cost that is? The cost of seemingly saving our lives and yet in the process losing it saving control of our lives, and yet never finding that purpose that God has made us for. This is the cost of us saying no to our discipleship. You know, it's interesting. We're going to start in 2024 doing pilgrimages to Rwanda, taking people with us to see the work that we've been doing the last few years in Rwanda. And I know people are very excited about this. We're thinking maybe the adults in the fall of 2023 or maybe early 2024 but then in summer of 2024, we're going to start taking our teens. We're going to take our senior high school students to Rwanda with us in the summer. And everyone I talk to says, that sounds like a great idea. Parents of high schoolers say, that sounds like an amazing idea. And I, and I want to say, yeah, I agree with you, but let's just be really clear up front. I want like in big, bold lettering saying, send your children on this mission work in Rwanda with a full understanding of the risks involved. And I'm not talking about the risks of being infected by some weird disease that you could get in, you know, in an African country. The risk is these children of yours getting infected with an incurable reality of new purpose. Because suddenly they'll come home from the mission field and they'll be infected with something that just ain't going to go away. A newfound purpose in Christ, which may well run contrary to the plans you've got for your children's lives. Full disclosure, purpose comes in and it changes our lives. Remember what happened to Simon Peter when Jesus called him in Luke chapter five? He says, come and I'll, from now on you'll be fishing for people. And we're told in verse 11, that Peter left everything and followed him. There's a cost, but there's an incredible purpose found. And in fact, the reason we can overcome the cost is when we pay attention to the incredible purpose that has been laid before us. Like Joseph, this 
costly call is good news because of the purpose that we find in it, but also because of the presence that is attached to this call. Verse 23, all this was to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet. The virgin shall conceive and bear a son and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. God with us. You know, throughout the scriptures, this is the common refrain, the common response God gives to people when he gives them a gigantic calling that's costly and too big for them. Whenever God gives an enormous calling that's very costly on a human being, it always seems in the scriptures he attaches this promise, I will be with you. I think my favorite is Gideon in Judges chapter 6. Just because Gideon's so clear on the, the cost and, and the sense of impossibility of this task. He says in, in uh, Judges chapter 6, he says, he says, listen, he said, God, how can I save Israel? He says, for my clan is the least, is the smallest among Manasseh and my family, the smallest. I'm the smallest among the tribe. And what's the Lord's response? I'm too small, Gideon says. I'm, I'm too insignificant. What is the Lord's response? He says, but I will go with you. But I will be with you. You notice how God doesn't try to care for Gideon by saying, oh, Gideon, no, no, no. Don't think so little of yourself. You're bigger than your puniness you think of yourself. No, he's like, you are pathetically puny, Gideon. Yes, completely. This is a reality. My response to your absolute reality of your puniness is not to tell you that your puniness doesn't matter. No, it, you're totally puny. Guess what, Gideon? I'm going to be present. That's a greater reality than the reality of your puniness. This is how God speaks to us again and again. Recognizing, yes, our inability to do these things on our own. And so his answer is, I will be with you. And friends, we rehearse this. Reality, this centrality of the gospel that God is with us in this calling. God is with us as we go on mission. God is with us, especially when it gets hard. We rehearse it every time we gather together. Because how do we greet each other liturgically? We can forget, right? We do it so often. Listen to how we greet each other liturgically. The Lord be with you. And your response, and also with you. Right at the very core of our theology is that we need to be reminded God is with us. God is with you no matter what you're facing. You know, it's so easy, friends, I think, in this world to focus, to get our attention on all the scary, hard things out there, either the things that are external from us or the things internal. We can focus on the world. Oh. We can focus on our own weakness within. Oh. Or we can focus on the one who's with us. You know, it's interesting. One of my great hockey heroes, Wayne Gretzky. And if you don't know who Wayne Gretzky is, I don't know what to do with you. But um, I've been with you for seven years. You know, look it up. But greatest hockey player, I would argue. And the great one. But you know what's interesting is Wayne Gretzky's son, Ty Gretzky, played hockey too. He's, I think, the only kid of... Gretzky's that actually played hockey as well. He didn't play in the NHL. He played, though, through the triple and double A leagues through high school. Imagine being Wayne Gretzky's kid, 
right, playing hockey. Well, here's what the opponents would often say to Ty Gretzky. They'd come up to him during the game, they'd skate up and say, you know, you're not as good as your father. And you know what Ty's response every time was? That's okay, you're not as good as my father either. (laughs) Do we remember who our father is? Do we remember that he's with us? That's the one, he's the one who goes with us. As 1 John 4 says, greater is he who's in the world, back up, greater is he who's in you than he who is in the world. Greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. This is the promise of the presence that goes along with this costly call. Joseph can say yes to this costly call because he finds in it the good news of his purpose and he finds the presence of God attached to it. And so do you and I. Purpose like we have never known and a presence that we cannot even fathom with us in this costly call. But that's not even just it. So we see in this story that we, like Joseph, as we are called into this costly call of bearing Christ in the world, being his witnesses in this world, and all the unique ways that God has called us to do that, not only is in this call found our purpose and his presence, but we find a promise. We find, in fact, that the call itself is a promise. You notice how the angel speaks. You gotta be, listen very carefully to how the angel speaks in verse 21. He says of Mary, she shall bear a son and you, Joseph, shall call his name Jesus. You notice the angel doesn't say, there's an option here, Joseph. You might, you know, it's, it's up to you. There's a possibility. We and all the angelic hosts are really hoping you make this decision. No, the angel says, she shall and you shall. And what happens? Verse 24, he woke from his dream and Joseph did as the angel had commanded him. Oh yes, command, that's the word, commanded him. It was not a suggestion. It was a command of God. And I know we can get tripped up on this. Oh, commands, they just, they become this gigantic burden on us. God's commands, I gotta do these things and make a to-do list. No, listen to the gospel. The commands of God, spoken with the full authority of God over your life and mine, are not a burden, but because of the authority he attaches to those commands, they become a blessing. Because it's not just some kind of hopeful possibility on the lips of God Almighty, it's a promise. He who spoke into the darkness and said, let there be light, and behold, there was light speaks over broken, sinful, incomplete Joseph's, Gideon's, you's and me's and says, here's your call. And because of the authority of that call, it's going to be done. Now we can fight against it. I think most of the struggles we go through in life, most of the energy we exhaust is us fighting against God, working against his purposes, trying desperately to get our own way. But as Paul, Saul of Tarsus is told in his conversion by the Lord Jesus, Saul, it is hard for you to kick against the goads. And the goads, 
As I said, when we did our ax series earlier this year, the goads are these like sharp sticks that they would use to sort of drive the oxen forward. Now, it sounds a bit cruel, doesn't it? Oh, those goads. But think about it. It's like there's sharp, sharp sticks here. And if the stupid animal decides to go off course, he's going to feel it, feel it. He, he can keep fighting against it. But in time, the goads are going to wear him down. God's purposes are going to be fulfilled in your life and mine. Not because it's a possibility, but because his commands are a promise a promise spoken over us. You know, it's always fun when you think of this to also think of those waiting stories in scripture. You know, the, the stories of waiting, how the promise was declared, the, the promise of God, and then there was all these years that went by, and yet somehow those biblical characters managed to kind of stick with it by God's grace with all their foibles, Right? Abraham waited 25 years. He and Sarah together waited 25 years for the promise of Isaac to be fulfilled. Moses waited 25 years for the promise of the exodus to take take place before his eyes. Jesus waited 30 years before he launched his Galilean ministry. And so if you find yourself in a season of waiting in relation to calling, you know, you're in pretty good company. It's because we are reminded that this call is not just a possibility, but a promise that gives us hope. It doesn't depend on your competency, on your capability, on your moral certainty. It gets accomplished because of God's call. God is doing his work in you and through you. I love watching the shock on people's faces when I tell the story about how Monica, my wife, has become an EMT. You know, she's an EMT now, fully certified in the state of Texas and in the nation. She is, you know, preparing for it. I mean, paramedic is the next step. And people, I love watching people's faces. They say, really? Because here's the truth is it's not that surprising for those who get to know her well and ask her the story because those hints of call were there early on. There was always a sort of a medicine call. There was always sort of an emergency and medicine kind of connection point. And she was always the one, drove me crazy, still does, where she runs into danger and I'm like, well, let's pray from a distance. (laughs) You could see the call was clearly there, but she faithfully married me, let me drag her all around North America raised our four daughters, and now in her 40s, and yes, I got permission to ask if I could say 40s, (laughs) for the purpose of just saying that after she raised her kids, that there was still the ability for that call to be realized. I mean, do you see that in your life? That call, it's not lost It's not been put aside and unrecoverable. Because if it's a call from God, it's a promise. Words of 1 Thessalonians, right? He who called you is faithful. He will do it. Do you hear those words? He who called you is faithful. He will do it. How does Joseph say yes to this 
incredible, costly call from God. How do you and I see as to the incredible, costly call that God places on our lives in every season of our lives and the new calls that are refreshed again and again in every season? How do we say yes? By looking at the Joseph story. Joseph can say yes to this costly call because he knows that the call of God is good news. Because in the call of God, we will find purpose like we've never known before. Oh, how we hunger for purpose. In the call of God, we will find a presence unimaginable with us, walking beside us all of our days. Jesus promised us, I will never leave you or forsake you. But friends, in the call of God, we find a promise. The call is the promise. He's not done with you. He's not finished. It's interesting in verse 24, we read that Joseph woke from sleep and did as the angel commanded him. And so it is for you and I. This is the promise that as we wake from our sleep and our visions and our dreams placed on us by God, that by God's grace, we too can do as the Lord has commanded and called us. From the words of Philippians chapter one, he who began a good work in you, he who began a good work in you, he who began a good work in you will be faithful to complete it. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen.